Lily Seiss joins me again on the podcast, and we talk all about intrusive thoughts, rumination, anxiety, really about the human experience. As always, it was an absolute pleasure to have Lily on, and I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. I do want to let you know that there were some sound quality issues in some parts of the episode. Lily and I do have a part one that I recommend listening to as well, and depending on when you're listening to this, part three may already be out too. I'm so grateful you're here. Let's go. Welcome to the A Nourishing Place podcast. My name is Kelly Newton. I'm a self-love mindset and manifestation coach here to empower, motivate, create community, and remind you of how powerful you are. I will be bringing you interviews, tools, and resources all revolved around mindset, self-love, money, spirituality, manifestation, and so much more. I'm so excited that you're here today. Let's get started. Well, welcome back, Lily. I'm so excited to have you on for part two. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And well, and today I kind of, maybe this would have been better for uh, the part one in terms of kind of setting up the scene, but um, I want to talk about more about intrusive thoughts. So like, what are intrusive thoughts? Just kind of go back to basics. Yes. Intrusive thoughts, I guess, would be unwanted thoughts, thoughts that seem weird or, um, you know, I guess it's funny. I'm getting tripped up because sometimes I I've, I've been at this place where I think it's like actually unhelpful to be like, this is an intrusive thought, although it can be helpful, but I think that sometimes intrusive thoughts might be bad when they're just thoughts, but what an intrusive thought would be is, I don't agree with that. That's weird. I don't want that. You know, whether you're on the top of a mountain after a hike and you suddenly get a thought or an image that you could fall off the mountain or jump off the mountain or push someone off a mountain, you know? So sometimes they're a thinky thought. What if I jump off this mountain? Sometimes it's just an image or a memory. Um, and, and so, yes, that would obviously be unwanted because the person doesn't want to harm themselves or others. Um, or sometimes if we are standing about to cross the street, we can get that, a thought, whether, as I said, it's an image or a thinky thought, oh my gosh, I could just walk in front of traffic. And those are ones that are more about harm, but we get all types of thoughts. Um, and just because we have a thought doesn't mean it's ours. For example, I remember hearing about when a mom had read about a school shooting and she had the thought, I wish my child was there. That was an intrusive thought because she loves her child and would never in a million years want her child to have been shot anywhere. And so that thought just popped in. So when it we have it, it's like, well, that goes against anything I want. And that's why it's intrusive because it's like your normal thoughts, they're just coming and going and you don't really, even though those thoughts are coming and going too. Um, but or sometimes it's, you know, it could be, you're just sipping a coffee and then you feel like you could, you kind of get a thought and a picture. You could just throw it in someone's face and that's not what you would want to do. So it's intrusive because it's not really you or what you would want to do. Um, it just, well, yeah. Okay. So with that, it's really only like intrusive if we like give meaning to it, right? Like I could have a thought, I'm going to throw coffee in someone's face and then just keep going about my day, like knowing I'm not actually going to do that and not even really thinking much about it. Right. Yes. Yeah. And that's where I think what happens for a lot of people is they don't even remember their thoughts unless it's funny and weird and they want to say it. You know, I remember my friend 
was talking about thoughts. It wasn't even on the topic of intrusive thoughts, but he was leading a corporate training and he had the thought, do a cartwheel. And he was like, no, like that thought popped up and it would be like, cause he was running something, um, you know, and people were like meditating on the floor and it was like, do a cartwheel in between them. And he remembered that cause it's pretty funny, you know, right. and like, you know, he wouldn't do that. But so for a lot of times we have that thought, but depending on maybe the state of mind we're in, we don't even remember it, you know, like what if I jumped off this mountain or what if I push somebody or what if I dumped this coffee? Like it so doesn't register unless it's kind of weird or funny, like so weird that we're like, I got to right. tell somebody that. So people often don't register that they're even having those thoughts because they're one thought out of a million and they're just a, a thought. Um, but sometimes people can be in a place they're more vulnerable to have an innocent overreaction to that thought. So sometimes um, depending on, sometimes it happens with new moms where there's a lot of hormonal changes, they're not sleeping as much. And then they have the thought they could drop their baby or they could throw their baby or they could you know, sexually harm their baby. And it's like, <gasps> one, because that, that thought is about the most precious being of, in the entire world. So that doesn't fly out. And they also might be in a more vulnerable, like mental health place just because they're tired and they are a new mom. And, and, and then what, cause intrusive thoughts are often not talked about. They think what kind of person would picture dropping their baby and their head splitting open. Yeah. Um, and it's not the thought, then it's the thoughts about the thoughts. And, um, but I think, I, I think having the, tight, like when we having the word intrusive thoughts can provide a lot of peace because then people can be like, Oh my gosh. Oh, just because I had that thought doesn't mean it's not something yeah. I want to do. So it can helpful when it gives people a common language, but I think sometimes it can trip, or I'm wondering if sometimes it can trip people up because then, um, it can just add on more thinking, you know, of like, no, I right. don't want any intrusive thoughts to come when, what does it mean about me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, when, yeah, kind of what you're saying when thoughts are free to come and go, we don't have resistance to, we can be changing our baby's diaper and have any thoughts. We can be driving our kids. We can be hiking. We can be chopping with a knife. We can be taking medication that we are prescribed when, and, and any thoughts are free to come and free to go. Well, I think, okay, this is interesting. I mean, for me, you were like the first person who I'd ever really seen actually like give a definition for it. And for me, it did really help um, because even though I'd done a lot of healing work for some reason, like even around my like unwanted thoughts, having you like come on and say all these things um, and, you know, show, show all that stuff on your Instagram and TikTok and stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of people who feel this way. Like I was like, I'm not a complete psycho because... I totally felt that way. And especially like in my early twenties and after my grandmother had passed away and then like, of like a resurgence of like just traumas. And so that's my, that leads me to my next question, which is about like long-term like intrusive thoughts. So like, for example, you have, have a thought, but then your thoughts about that thought go on for years and it like actually haunts you. Have you known anyone that's like experienced something like that? Yes. Yeah. And I mean, for me, I, 
sometimes my thoughts are still a bit sticky around running people over with my car. You know, they don't haunt me, but there's something that's been there since I was, and this was when it didn't even seem like a big deal, but I had my first therapist at 20. And so I must've had some sort of worried thought in a way that what if I ran somebody over with my car and then I just left like a hit and run. And so this was this deep, dark secret that part of me is like, what if I, what if that would be my reaction? And I felt such loving acceptance from this therapist, Beverly, that I just felt like I could tell Beverly my worst imagined thing that's never even happened. I felt like I could tell her, Beverly, I hit somebody with my car and I drove off and she'd say, all right, here's what we're going to do. And I share that because then I didn't have much thinking about that thought. It was just there. Um, and then later when I had a panic attack driving and I felt I had a lot of driving anxiety and a lot of trouble with intrusive thoughts, I worried about losing control. And some of that was like, what if I just ran over these people crossing in front of me? And sometimes I still, I'm like, Ugh, people crossing in front of me, I'm going to put my car in park. So that's not anything that haunts me. But it's, it's a little bit stickier for me of sometimes, yeah. um, you know, and I'm 41 now. And so I had that thought, I think it's, it's for me it, in that it's, there is, it's a responsibility to drive a car. And I think what's underneath that is, Hey, keep yourself and others safe. Like, you know, but, right. and I think when sometimes it can, the messages can get muddled in our brain, it can feel like, eh, run that person over. Or what if you ran that person over? But I know you were asking about people being haunted by a thought for a long time. And I, I've worked with people and it's an innocent misunderstanding that they can get caught up in and, 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 and it can feel like it's true. And what can happen is people look for real or imagined memories or things from their past. And so they almost kind of feel like it's true. Like, right. oh, I played with my dolls like this way. And then I was babysitting. And so they almost sometimes condemn themselves or have a weird version of their memory and kind of hold on to this story that, that something is wrong with them. Um, but maybe you could tell me more a little bit about what you well, were talking about. I remember like you talking on the other podcast I heard you on about just like intrusive thoughts and just being like, oh yeah, innocent misunderstanding, right? And also I but I think it's it's more like that that round and round, like almost like obsessive compulsive thoughts that just go round and round and round. And so I guess it's like, how can people work with that, like integrate that, stop that. I mean, you obviously said you've had this thought for 20 years, right? One of your unwanted thoughts for since you were 20, I think. And um, now it doesn't bother you, but there was a point when it did bother you, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and yes. And I guess I don't want people to think like, oh my God, I'm going to be stuck with these thoughts. I mean, you're going to be stuck being a human. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, in a great way, because our thoughts are always flowing. We are literally right. never, ever, ever stuck with a thought because thoughts are transient by nature. So what can help dissolve anxiety is an understanding. And it sounds like even just by you listening to me talk about it, you were having a deeper understanding. So some of it is we think that our thoughts are more important and we think nobody else must be having this weird thought. This must mean something. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I work with people that if they are taking a medication and they might have the thought, oh, you could poison your kids with this medication. They're like, oh my God, do I want to poison my kid? To me, what it seems like is so clear to me is, you know, our brain's just a computer. So if you're taking something that obviously you don't want to drug your kids, your brain's like, Hey, be careful. Like our brain is just overreactive sometimes, but we have right. so many thoughts. So if you're driving or you're taking a medication or you're chopping with your, a knife, your brain is like, Hey, just want to let you know, you're doing something that could be dangerous. So don't chop your finger off. Don't chop your finger off. Don't stab your kid. <laughs> don't give your kids your medication, but kind of like with the game of telephone, that can be what's at the basis is right. be careful. And then what can come up is just this vague thing of, I just pictured putting this medication in my kid's smoothie. What the hell? When the brain's like, that's not what I said. I said, like, right. don't put the medication in, you know? And so some of it is a misunderstanding. Um, and sometimes we just have a weird thought. It just pops up out of nowhere. Um, and And I think when we can recognize, we don't have to say good, bad, right, wrong. That was a weird thought. I shouldn't picture sex anytime or harm anytime or like, or germs or like, cause then when we're sorting it, if something's wrong, then there's something to do. Um, And so when you were talking about rumination, what can happen? Sometimes people think that they're having intrusive thoughts all day long. But what's happening is that they're ruminating. So they're unintentionally thinking of the intrusive thought to try to gauge their emotional reaction to prevent something bad from happening. So if they were really worried about chopping off their finger or sticking their hand down a garbage disposal, like while it's on, they might picture it and to see, oh no, I would never do that. But what happens is when we're anxious, our thinking is distorted and we're not really reassured. And so if you're like, I don't know, maybe I would run somebody over. Maybe I would chop my finger off. I'm going to picture it again (laughs) because they're doing it to prevent something bad from happening to try to be like, I know with a hundred percent certainty, this is, you know, um, but when we're anxious, it's just like this never ending loop because you don't want to ignore it, but you don't want to overreact. And so it's just what's missing is presence, calmness, groundingness, you know? Um, so I, I know when I've worked with people, it is having an understanding about thoughts in general, taking it from the individual. I'm a weirdo with these thoughts. Nobody else must have them to wait. All human beings have thoughts. All human beings have a variety of thoughts. A lot of human beings can have sticky thoughts because of an innocent misunderstanding. And then we have the thought and it gets brought to life, you know, because that's, so it's, it's a lot of understanding the nature of thought because that's how thoughts work. You know, even if you're watching right. a great movie and you, you picture a vacation, you know, sometimes you're daydreaming and that thought gets brought to life. You can almost be like, Oh my God, can't wait to go on vacation. Um, But then in there, you might think, oh my gosh, but the airlines are bad. And the last time I was flying, my flight was delayed and my blood is, and then that thought gets brought to life. So the same thing Mm -hmm. can happen with intrusive thoughts. You know, if you, and especially when people get really confused with intrusive thoughts and they go looking back into their memories um, and like looking for evidence, um, 
they can get really, really confused and think like the worst thing about themselves is possible because that gets brought to life. Like that's what they're feeling. And, and so they forget what a normal, wonderful, good, kind person they are. Or they also think, well, kind, normal people don't have harm or sexual thoughts um, or just these gross, weird thoughts. And I feel like they might've even um, forgotten the original thought because they've run away with it so far, right? So true. Um, Yeah. I think like, because I didn't, it's funny because I don't really know the exact point where like this kind of all more healed for me, but I've been working with my coach for three years now. So probably sometime around that, um, three years ago, but maybe before, but um, probably more like around three years ago. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, more and more every single day. But um, I think that for me, I would just tell myself, I know my truth and just kind of move on. Like, instead of getting like the rumination and like obsessively compulsively thinking about it, like, I know my truth. That's not who I am. Or if my body's responding in a certain way, like that's my body responding in a certain way or, and just kind of move on. And then as I developed more, just like a whole wellness and really like deep sense of worthiness, it doesn't matter what I think anymore. (laughs) Besides that I'm awesome. Other than that, Yeah. 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 Any thought that loads your spirits, it doesn't matter. You know, exactly. Yeah. It's not an intrusive thought. It's a true thought. Amazing. Yeah. And I love that when you said, I know my truth, because sometimes an old thought that I would have, that was one of those lingering ones is, Oh, what if I'm lose? What if I lose my mind? Like, what if I lose control and I go insane? And so sometimes it would be like, if I feel slightly off in my brain, I have this thought like, Oh no. And I'm like, that is such an old story. Like, I know my truth. Like I'm saying, and I'm not saying anything bad. Like, I don't think someone goes insane never to, I don't even like that. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't like like, that word either. I got you. Yeah. Um, but like, I'm like, I know my truth, you know, that I have mental health. Um, every human being is sitting in the middle of mental health. And sometimes I get lost in my mind and feel a little whatever my brain labels weird. And then I'm like, eh, you know, but, um, I think for me on my journey, I've moved more to like truly not seeing any thought for most of the time as good or bad, or even any feeling state. Cause I know before we were recording, even right. kind of get to this place where health isn't even good or bad, which I know some like it, you know, because I think sometimes it was this perfectionism. I work with a, a lot of people that some that, that will use the word weird. Is this a weird word or is this weird that I watched this porn or that I, right. um, and sometimes I'm like, oh, you need to, I think your definition, like we have this weird ideal of what human beings are. And it's like, I don't know any human being that, right. I don't know, maybe they just are in my circles. <laughs> um, but I don't think a perfect human being, also everybody has thought you're walking down the stairs and you can kind of have the image or thought of tripping and falling. And, and that's an intrusive thought, but it's just almost a be careful thought. You know, our brains are like sometimes overprotective bodyguards where it's like, you're holding a baby down the stairs. Don't drop it. Don't fall. Be mindful. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're in a vulnerable place, it's like, oh my God, I just pictured dropping my baby down the stairs and you can get really scared. And then what I love that you said, you can forget that original thought because people get get so caught up in trying to go back in the past or analyze and 
um, and their memories can get so distorted. Um, and so I really think, or I know analyzing is just not good. <laughs> right. Um, it gets us so confused. You know, I think it's Sid Banks who said, you know, if your thoughts wander onto negative, like rocky territory, refrain from analyzing because you will fail miserably. And uh, something, but he's like, analyzing is like a dog, a dog chasing its tail. Um, and that's kind of like that loop of rumination um, because you're just, it's that repetitiveness. It's an old story and you get more confused about yeah. your truth. And that knowing you're more confused about your truth, very innocently, you're going in the wrong direction because when we're present, love pops up and just this deeper knowing of who we are. I do. I remember like, this is like over 10 years ago when I first met my husband and we were shopping and, um, you know, I had a thought, I don't want a thought pop up, but I didn't just let it go at that time, you know, and I, it kind of ruins like the next hour until I told him what it was. And I think I felt like, you know, I, as a kid, I remember this so interesting now that we're talking about this. I think I had a lot of intrusive thoughts as a kid and I felt like I had to confess them in a way like to my, my mom. And so it's interesting to now kind of correlate that. So then still had him like, you know, really strongly in my early twenties. And yeah, I mean, I see myself tripping down the stairs and then I just take it a little more cautiously down the stairs. I don't really think about that. I mean, I still have thoughts all the time. I mean, you know, like you said, we're human, but um, usually it doesn't go down to like, what does this mean about me? I'm a horrible person because I think at the root, I felt just like a horrible person. So didn't matter what I thought, didn't matter what I did. I wasn't perfect. Therefore I was a failure. Therefore I was bad. So it was kind of like that train of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Like a which domino. just kind of exacerbates. Yeah. Yeah. Like a domino effect of distorted thinking. 100%. Yeah. And I think since it had been a pattern to so now that I'm like talking to you about it, like since I was so young or like, I, I remember like, I'd see something like say my sister had some kind con of contraband or something in her room and I was a little kid and I'd be like, oh no, I have to tell my mom. And I would just stress and have anxiety about it until I told her that thing or whatever it was. And I find since I was, I mean, I remember seven, seven years old. I mean, like young, young age, like it's, so it's very fascinating. Like why it even starts or how it starts, um, yeah. the obsession around it. Yeah. Well, and I think that sense of urgency, that feeling like you felt pulled to confess. And I think sometimes when we can think if we feel something strongly, it must be true. You know, right. when we have mm -hmm. misunderstanding that, oh my gosh, I have to do that. And then it's like, if it provides relief because you did it, you confessed. It's like, oh, now you feel good, but you can get in that habit. And also there's nothing wrong with the habit, but being in a habit of confessing is, is missing the opportunity to see that that feeling of unease can go all on its own. Because I think yeah. when we confess, we can unintentionally burden the other person. Um, and, and we rob ourselves of the experience of seeing that our wisdom and our, our that we're built to ride that wave that can bubble up just as you might get the urge, like to yell at somebody that just cut you off in traffic. Like you're like, I want to go over and give them the finger and you don't. Right. And it settles down. 
you know, you could have the urge because with urges and habits, it's just part of the lizard brain, which is our most primitive part of the brain. And so it is just very innocent. It doesn't care what your habit is, your habits, drinking your habits, confessing. It's like, all right. It's like, it's like a computer. It's like you put the confessing habit in. So if you're not confessing, it can feel uncomfortable, but then it just, it fades away because the wonderful thing is you have new thoughts, you know, but start to realize that. And also that there is nothing to confess. I've worked with a lot of people that, yeah, sometimes if it's, sometimes it's partners feeling like they need to confess. Oh my gosh, did I, like, we can be so often, did I flirt with somebody? Did I look at somebody? I had this very thought, you know, like, okay, sometimes people can be very strict about what thoughts go through their mind when they're having sex, you know, and then they can confess to their partner. And sometimes partner's like, I just don't want to even hear it, you know? Um, yeah. Um, it's just an innocent misunderstanding. Right. That's yeah. And I think it's funny that you just brought up the sex part. Cause I, I heard from someone else, uh, Vanessa Marin, she's a sex therapist that her and her husband have a great Instagram, but like, I thought about this during the beginning of sex. I thought about this in the middle. This happened near the end and we still had a great time. And I was like, that's awesome. I love how she described it like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes I have like repeated images that just like, it's like, I'm picturing an airport It's nothing even sexy or just weird. It's like sometimes right. just old chip that pops up, you know, but I think people can get so deep into their brain that then they yeah. can be like, oh my God why did I even think of my math teacher in fifth grade? Does this mean this? When it's like, I I don't know your brain, just like we have weird dreams, you know, when we're dreaming and suddenly like we're in math and then we're naked and then we're on a roller coaster and we're like, we kind of let it go. Sometimes I know people analyze their dreams or can think their dreams mean something. And I'm not knocking it if people like dream interpretation. We just kind of know our, we're like, oh, your brain's like my teeth fell out and my eyelashes fell out. Like that's just kind of how it is during the day too. And I used to have some really weird dreams and I, um, and I definitely would be like, oh no, what does that mean about me? Like badly. Now I'm like, Ooh, that was interesting. I wonder what I was up to last night. Like, you know, just kind of like, <laughs> um, I look at them differently now, but, um, and also I, cause I think at the root, it doesn't mean anything about us like, as who we are, like even as a human, but on a soul level too. And with the confessing and like the, you know, we can all rewire. So it's like the less you do that, the less it becomes a habit. Because it is, it's like, which takes me into my next piece about anxiety, but I keep watching the time this time since we just cut it off last time. (laughs) Um, Because we can all rewire like our brains and our habits and things. So it's like, we're trying to get away from that uncomfortable feeling of like, oh, I feel like a horrible person. And now I'm having anxiety. Now I'm having panic. And if I just confess, my body will stop pumping these hormones and I can just relax and I'm not going to throw up now. And now I feel good. And so like you were saying, like, it's kind of like a reward, like, oh, I feel good now. I have to confess every time. But it's like, now I'm like, oh, I had an unwanted thought. That's interesting. Okay, moving on. If if I even like really pause, because there's a few things that will still like, uh, when my husband gives me a gift, I love it. And then I'll immediately like have some thought. And now I'm like, oh, that's funny. Like, you know what I mean? Like, now I'm like, that's interesting that that happened again. Like, oh, that's an unwanted thought. Cool. Thank you so much for this gift. I absolutely love it. And then we just kind of move on. Right. It's just not. And I don't need to tell him this unwanted thought. Sometimes if I'm like kind of thinking about it for a minute, I'll be like, I'm having an unwanted thought. doesn't matter though. And then we just move on. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make any sense at all? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think you're just talking about what it is to be a human, you know, where I think, (laughs) um, 
because I think when we allow ourselves to be human and we kind of do what you're doing, you're, you're healing, you're very living life in a more kind of heartfelt conscious way, which is sometimes we get reassurance from other people and we say, Oh, I just had a thought, or I'm feeling anxious or whatever. Like, there's not like a blanket term of like, you must never speak of your thoughts and everything must be neutral and easy. Like, you know, that's in a way of, I think, trying to be superhuman when exactly I think we can kind of like finding your way when you're um, recovering from disordered eating, you can still have a salad and a smoothie, like, and you can still go to an exercise class. Like, but you know, when it's like, Hey, um, cause I know sometimes for me, it was like, I would get tripped up and like, well, can I exercise? And should I always be eating like the richest meal? Like, no, sometimes right. you can. Um, so to that is it's okay. But I think when it, we can realize that it's not a, it's not like a, a smart strategy. It just is a bad habit, you know, confessing just because when it's like, but it doesn't have to be like, you're so bad. Never. Cause it's also, there's nothing to confess. Right. So I think it's the spirit that you're seeing it in, you know? And if you can say, oh, that was just so weird. And if you want to say that, sure, there's freedom. There's freedom with that too, you know, where, um, because you have a deeper understanding of right. what it is. Um, it is interesting that it seems now that we're chatting about this, it's a habit I've obviously had since I was a child. Didn't really work that out. And um, maybe I did at one point, but like until like, you know what I mean? Until now where I'm like, Oh, I did that for a long time before I really realized what was happening and like, was like, okay, I don't need this anymore. You know? Mm -hmm. So that's, it is fascinating. And the food thing. Yeah. I completely get that. Um, <laughs> but I kind of want to, so like, how do intrusive thoughts connect to anxiety? Well, I mean, you know, I guess I, everybody is an expert on their, their own self. So, I mean, cause first what's coming up for me is sometimes we, as we said, we all get unproductive, weird. I mean, not that we even have to label them as thoughts. We all get a variety of thoughts. Sometimes ones that are, we're like, what the hell is that one? Like, I don't want that. I don't agree. Every human being. But sometimes if your level of well-being is lower, which can sometimes happen with anxiety. So in a way, sometimes intrusive thoughts can be a friendly alarm that maybe you, um, something is off, you know, and I, I hesitate to right. say that because I don't want people to think like, oh, now there's something to do, but. Um, oh, I see what you're saying. You know, but sometimes if like, say we were talking about this before we started recording. So it can even be something great. You're really thinking about work. You're like in your head a lot. You're not sleeping as much. You're going, 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 going. And um, actually that doesn't have to do with anxiety. So let me go back. Say you're, you're really, really anxious about your health or the health of your kids. And you're like, the balance has been tipped to too much time in your head versus time in your life. Um, and you might be more vulnerable to have your thoughts not flow as well. You know, you can be in like a lower state of mind. So then if you saw a TV show on a woman that killed her husband and kids, you can be like, ah, ah, because your experience of well-being might be lower. And then you're like, oh my God, what if I did that? Um, so, and then you can be like, oh, off to the races trying to figure it out. Right. But also, and your body's like responding. 
Yeah. And also intrusive thoughts, if you don't know about them or if you're in a place can cause anxiety because or not, you know what I mean? Like the thoughts about the thoughts. So for some people, if you're in a great, you know, you're in a good state of mind, you don't notice them. They go by without really noticing them, but sometimes you notice them. And then, cause to me, anxiety can be just like this whirling mass of kind of worried thinking. If you have that thought, why did I think about chopping my finger off? And then you whirl and whirl around with rumination that can cause just like a lot of noise in your head. So to me, that's the correlation with, with anxiety is we can have a misunderstanding that that thought means something, or we have to know with hundred percent certainty why we had that thought or that we'd never do anything. And so sometimes people can, rather than seeing intrusive thoughts, um, you know, rather than just like getting quiet in a way, you know, cause one of my mentors shared a story. He was presenting at a conference and, you know, he'd been working really hard. And so he was at a stoplight and a bunch of people were crossing. It was in Florida. And he had the thought, oh, I could plow down 20 or 30 of these people, but he was a psychiatrist and he knew a lot. So he just got quiet. And what came to him was, oh, Bill, you're exhausted. And if he didn't know that, he would have thought, oh my God, why did I have that thought? And go back into his real or imagined memories. And so what intrusive thoughts are can just be a one meaningless, but if anything, you know, it can just be a signal to let your thinking go. What might come up is, oh my God, I am exhausted, you know? And, and I'm not saying to avoid things, but when you get quiet, something wise might come up. It might be, I have been really exhausted and I've been working a lot. And I think that that true crime podcast is getting in my head a little bit. I'm going to switch it off for now. And I'm not, I don't want people to be like, oh, she says to avoid these, but um, I think we can. I personally do. (laughs) I generally (laughs) avoid those types of things. (laughs) But I like them now. Um, And, but I I think when we get quiet, we'll hear our wisdom that's tailored to us. Mm -hmm. And that's what you would ask me. Everyone's different. We are are our own best experts. And when we can look in a direction beyond our intellect and let our wisdom Mm -hmm. come through, it might be, oh, I'm so tired. You know, um, kind of where you said, oh my God, I think I've been working a lot and even thinking in my podcast in, in a great way, like, cause it's never like, oh, I need to figure out what type of person I am. Like it's, 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 if anything, it could be, oh, my thoughts have been a little off from, I, you know, I'm going to rest a little bit more <laughs> or even just give my right. a rest. Right. I'm human. Doesn't matter. Like, I think, yeah, yeah. for me, it's, it's like, well, it's the thoughts about the thoughts. Like you said, I mean, it's, it's not even really the initial thought. It's what we think about ourselves in a relation to the thoughts, right? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> it's not our thoughts. It's our thoughts about the thoughts. That's what matters. Right. You know? And if we think that thought means anything about us, you know, right. it's really like thoughts are neutral. They really, really are. And also consciousness is what brings thoughts to life. It does not care about the thought, you know, yeah. like you could have the thought you know, I, you see that meme where it's like a husband and a wife lying in bed and the wife is thinking like, he's probably thinking about other girls and she looks all (laughs) like, I wonder about college football, you know? And so he has that thought and it, or anybody has that thought and it gets brought to life. Like consciousness doesn't care. It's not like, um, 
I'm not going to bring that thought to life because you're in bed with your husband and you should be peaceful. Like it, it's just so neutral. It's like, oh, you had a thought and bring, oh, you had a thought of being a pedophile. I'm going to bring it to, I'm bringing this to life with special effects. And as you said, we feel our thoughts with all of our five senses, you know, like we feel them. And so sometimes when people don't know, because a thought doesn't come and it's like a black and white thought, a thought comes and it is brought to life with like special effects, like a movie. And so we can get persuaded and seduced by all of that. Right. I know I have a mentor who says, um, nothing has meaning except for the meaning that we give it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really the same with this. Well, before we finish up, I just wanted to touch a little bit more about like anxiety and like, I just know so many people who are are suffering in their anxiety and I had anxiety for a long time. I mean, I still have anxiety sometimes, but I just don't really place the, it doesn't matter. I still do the things. It doesn't really affect me as much. And, you know, most of the time, right? I, 5% of the time like, on this journey. So w- where does it come from? What can people do? I mean, do you have any insight? I know the three principles really helped you. Was that also with your anxiety? Well, the three principles are just everything that we've been talking about already, because the principles are just sharing how we work as human beings. Um, And so for me, it, it, that understanding dissolved anxiety because I didn't understand, you know, what we've been talking about with thought in that it's neutral. It doesn't have meaning until we give it meaning. And also our meaning can change, you know, like when I think we talked about (laughs) where sometimes your thought is, I'm only eating a vegan diet today of raw foods. And so pizza feels like we arbitrarily are like pizza bad. And we feel like that's true. And then like, but pizza is neutral, (laughs) you know? And so kind of thought is, is, is more neutral than we think then. So for me, understanding that thoughts are neutral and that thoughts flow, there's way less for me to do. So I think people with anxiety are often really, really smart. Um, sometimes it can be a bit of a perfectionist, even though it might not look like perfection in the traditional sense, but it can be an idea of, well, I have an idea of how myself and others should be behave, should behave. And if we did, everything would be okay. And um, expectations. Yeah. And so I think, but what happens is how I've come to understand it. It's been explained to me is there's one, like a universal diagnosis too much noise in head, <laughs> you know, and anxiety, mm-hmm. like a lot of swirling, negative, worried thoughts. Right. Um, and what was so helpful for me, because it was not helpful for me to add on thought work and analyze my thinking and add on techniques. And for some people, if that works great, I just was adding more things to do. And then I was being a human. And so I was like, just very, um, I was looking for peace outside of myself of like, I'm going to find the perfect meditation routine, the perfect morning routine, the perfect diet to eat that like to stop me having any sort of flow of energy in a way, or like, um, so I guess this could be a longer conversation in terms of anxiety, but anxiety people, some people are more prone to anxiety being their friendly alarm. You know, and that's how my mentor, Dr. Bill Pettit, who's amazing, has described it to me from his vast experience of working with people that some people, when the noise in their head gets to a place, so there's, this is the kindness and how we're designed as human beings. Some people's tendency might be towards mood and depression. Some people's tendency is towards anxiety and tension. 
me and you, <laughs> and uh, you right, know, yes. <laughs> might be physical symptoms in that they their back goes out, they get a kidney stone, and everybody has a variety of these. You know, we can all get a stomach ache with anxiety and get a headache and feel a little low, but this, you know, we all have kind of a predominant one where mine was definitely anxiety you talked about as a little girl. And then some people it can be maybe getting more muddled and confused. Um, but with anxiety, starting to see this tension early on, you know, and all of these kind of friendly alarms early on. So not seeing it as, <laughs> what did I do wrong? And like more thinking. So for me, what changed was understanding about my experience that it wasn't coming from out there. It wasn't my job that was stressing me out. It wasn't this, it was very innocently, you know, and it's not like I'm blaming, but it's, we're living in the feeling of our thinking. It's only created, you know, where Mm -hmm. I made myself miserable if I ate pizza or if I had a thought or a panic attack or whatever. Um, so understanding about taking it from me as an individual, oh, what's wrong with me, <laughs> this broken, weird person. And some of it was like, I'm just anxious. I'm not like normal people to, to a more broader thing of understanding the human experience. Um, and a huge part was identifying with my brain less, like my thinking less, my intellect less, like, because I also thought the world seemed unsafe. So for me, something that was very common and still sometimes is, it's just, as you said, like I'm a human. So sometimes I notice if there's like a health thing about my kids, oh, sometimes I can get into kind of thinking and then it can be like a tap on the shoulder and I'm like, Ooh, um, but what was I saying with that? I like that anxiety is like a tap on the shoulder. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> like a, a loss of contentment. So like feeling a little bit like more serious and not as fun and light, that's a tap on the shoulder for me. So that's an early signal, an early friendly alarm. So it doesn't have to go to a panic attack, you know? So it's right. like, I'm not feeling kind of close. But then what do you do? Like when you get that tap on the shoulder, then what do you do? Nothing? Nothing. Get quiet, you know? Um, and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be perfectly quiet. It's just getting out of that, getting off that hamster wheel too. Like, so do you stop what you're doing? No, no. I mean, I still do it, but also there's, it's knowing that there's nothing to do because, but the answer always is in a a little bit of a quieter mind, a silent mind, because that your brain's just like this computer. That's just always Mm -hmm. narrating Mm -hmm. experience, sharing its opinion. So anxiety is like a loud brass band. So for example, my partner cooked like burgers and we have like an indoor kind of grill top and I was upstairs and I can, and it was really smoky and it was especially smoky in the room where my son is. And so my brain is like, oh my God, like carcinogens and he could be dying. And it's like, and it was like really smoky. And so before I knew it, I was kind of on that train. Also I'm having dinner and I'm knowing I'm not getting fully hooked Mm -hmm. in, but I think it kind of um, that's very like alluring. I can also go five minutes over. So don't feel so stressed. I last one I had. Be, um, so I kind of was there and I'm like, I'm also sensitive to smell. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like remembering stories of a family that like died. And so I'm like, he could just die in the night. Like my brain is saying all of this. Too much noise in the head. Yes. And so then I'm putting him to bed and I rub his back at night and scratch it. And I'm like, does he have a rash? And so I'm like, I wonder what he has been eating. And sometimes he would have food sensitivities. And then 
all of this is, I know enough that I know that this, I was kind of like, my thinking is a little distorted because Mm -hmm. that health thing. And now it's this health thing. And it seemed like, like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I wonder what he's eating with his dad and what is he eating with me? Maybe he's eating too many snacks and I just need to be healthy and he's going to die, you know? And like, there's a bad lingering, right. and it wasn't all consuming, but I'm sharing that in when we were lying before I felt irritated in my body. So mm-hmm. he would touch his foot with my foot and I just, I felt irritated. And then even when my partner and I Like, I just didn't feel relaxed in my body because my mind, there was too much noise in my head and it wasn't fully, if this was, I mean, I, that would be me before a hundred percent. This was me 10% in that, but I just feel like I wanted to then like be intimate and connected with my partner. Like I was like, I just want to be alone and take a bath. So I did that, but that loss of contentment was a signal for me just to you know, if my thinking's distorted, I want to break from that, but I didn't force a break, but I just, I got quiet. And that's what came to me was, oh my gosh, that smoke and the health. So I wasn't aware of that before, but what came to me was that. And then this next morning, like it almost felt like one, I could go in this path of being serious and focusing on all the bad stuff. Or I could just go into kind of love and light, you know? And so yeah. all I did was pause and not get caught up in this illusion. And that's all we can do is anytime we don't feel good, if we can see without judgment, then we've got freedom. And all, all of our answers lie in, in a silent mind because that's when our wisdom is like a gentle flute. So if anxiety is like that loud brass band, that's urgent, that's judgmental, that's fear-based wisdom, it's like that gentle flute. And, and that's where we get solutions or creative ideas. And like, and so for me, I've been doing that so much that it's so reinforcing to like, I almost get excited to go, to get, to like, let my thinking go and see what pops up. Well, I mean, you kind of, I mean, for me anyways, I get a little bit excited. Like when I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I don't feel that way about that anymore. Or like, oh, this happened, but I didn't care. Look how far I've come. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think you kind of, you said it really correct, not correctly. You said it like really well. I thought when you were like, I was looking outside of myself because I totally was doing that. You're like, I need this supplement. I need that thing. I need this. I need to do these 10 things a day. I need to do a gratitude list every single day. I need to X, Y, Z, whatever, 50 million things. And it really wasn't until I was like, actually, I need to go inside, need to do some shadow exploration, need to actually be willing to ask myself those hard questions and, and answer them or just sit with the question. And then in in all of that healing, right? It's like, yeah, it's like you said, it's like a 10%. Like, sure, I still have anxiety. Yeah, I I just know more about my body. I can feel it earlier or I can sense it or I don't judge it. You know, those kind of things where we are, like you said, I think in part one, you know, just raising our level of wellness, um, you know, that can be super helpful with the anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Well, because then we can just experience anxiety. Yeah. You know, just as yep. experience jealousy and anger and hunger and yep. disappointment, you know, we anxiety, I think can make it this big thing because it's like, well, I'm anxious and I've just been an anxious person when no, our alarms are just towards anxiety. Yep. Like, it, you know, and, but I was like, I'm just an anxious person and blah, 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 blah. And like anxiety. the story you told yourself. And yes. When it's like, oh, I'm a human being 
And sometimes I experience some anxious thinking and, and I see it overall. And to me, the metaphor or that kind of discussion of one cause and one cure, and that's how my mentor, Dr. Pettit will say it. Michael Neal says the universal diagnosis, too much noise in head, the ultimate medicine, a silent mind. When that stops anything, every single thing, those are the answers. Right. You know, every single thing, it's not like, well, I wonder what I did. Was it, yeah. Should I start a different supplement? Is it because I'm combining my food the wrong way? Did I eat too much? Right. Coffee? Did I not have enough caffeine? Did I not? No, too much noise in head. Super simple. Right. Also takes it from the individual. What did I do wrong? All human beings don't feel really yep. great. Got a lot of noise in their head. You're yep. not the exception. Everybody feels better. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't mean anything about you. And, and I think there's like, it's that fear though of silence, you know, it's some people are afraid of that silence sitting with themselves, but that's not silence. There's still no, right. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah. But like, it's almost like, it's like a struggle to even allow yourself to get to that place because of the controlling, like the release, the surrender. Does that make sense? I know we have to wrap up yeah. soon. So oh, yeah, no, I think you're right. But, but I also think that's why sometimes if people are like going to force themselves to meditate and they don't feel yeah. good, you don't have, right. that's not what we're talking about. You no. know, it's, it's because if you're doing that, you're trying and trying is the wrong direction, you know, because that would even happen to me. Like sometimes I would say, oh no, okay. My head got really noisy with work. I'm going to, I'm going to relax now. I'm going to have some tea and watch a movie because I'm going to stop working. So I'd be doing like the quote unquote right thing. And then I'd be like, do I feel better now? You know, or like I'm <laughs> quiet and read a book. And then I'd be like, do I feel better? And like, no, I never felt better. And sometimes what happened to me is one time I did it and I was like, fuck this. And I just gave up. And what I was like, oh God, I got to take out the garbage and the recycling. And I did that. I got present yep. and I came back and I'm like, oh my God, my mood's gone. Because that was my mind quieted because in a way I gave up, I stopped trying and I took out the garbage and the recycling and then it was dirty. And I had to like, I don't know. And because I think when people are saying, if they say, okay, my head is noisy now, I'm going to let it quiet. I'm going to sit here and meditate and not do anything. They're trying because then you're just adding noise and expectation. It's like, don't think about the pink elephant. Yes. Yeah. You just think about it. Yeah. When you just truly see, it's like, oh, it's kind of like, you know, if you, if you're in the sun for too long, you get that feeling, oh, I should move to the shade. And then you move to the shade and you don't immediately, you're not like, oh my God, I feel hundred percent better because you might've spent a long time in the sun and you might feel really hot and thirsty. So you come to the shade and you drink water and you know, eventually you'll cool down. And so that's where I think people can start to get is their head gets noisy and it's just like, oh, I'm going to move to the shade. I'm going to move to a quiet mind. Um, or it's just like, because it's not, this is what I should do, but you know, well, why would you keep adding more noise to it? Because Mm it feels so good to move to the shade, you know, Mm -hmm. like you stay in the sun. We're free thinkers. We're free to stay in the sun. We're free to ruminate. We really are. We are free to ruminate. We are free to obsess. We are free to confess. We are free to do anything, but why would we, if we realize there's a little bit more peace waiting for us. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. I feel like, again, I could go on and on. This is, yeah, becoming a thing now. Um, <laughs> I would love for you. Um, thank you for sharing all that. I think that's going to be really helpful for anyone who's like really deep in that, especially that that suffering that can come with anxiety if, if you let it. And, um, but please tell us just a little bit about your offers. Like I know you offer a lot of great things. Please share a little bit before we wrap up. Yeah, thank you. Well, on this, I have a three-hour workshop on intrusive thoughts. So I led it with two other amazing coaches and you get to hear from other people. So that's just like $47. Um, awesome. You know, it's it's really amazing. I've had a lot of great feedback from people. Um, so that's nice because also just getting to further your discussion on intrusive thoughts and it's yours and it's just there forever. Um, and if you are not identifying with intrusive thoughts or also experiencing other stuff. I also have um, other like workshops on physical symptoms and panic attacks. And all of this is on everything that we've been talking about, understanding, raising your well-being, and learning what it means to live in peace, which I think you embody, you know, which I embody. And also we're just humans. Like we're yep. doesn't mean we're always at peace. <laughs> yeah. Where we're not talking about okay, you reach this enlightened Buddha perfectionism. Place. Yeah. And so I share that very much from a very human place. Um, mm -hmm. and from somebody that had personal and professional experience with a huge range of anxiety and physical symptoms and panic attacks and eating disorder. I don't really share. I don't right now actually have something on disordered eating or exercise or, but there's wonderful resources, um, like yours, but so I have Intrusive thoughts, physical symptoms, and panic attacks is another one. I also branched out and did one on just on derealization and depersonalization because okay. that was a really scary symptom that was kind of like feeling detached and weird. Um, and that one's like an hour. And then I have one on driving anxiety. Um, that's a whole workshop that I did with another coach. And we had live people there for that workshop. That's two and a half hours. And then I have a recording of a group. So it's like five sessions and it was a group that knew we were recording okay. it. And we kind of, we go over the three principles and anxiety and health anxiety and panic attacks. And um, I'm working on, I used to do groups, but I'm kind of open, which hopefully we'll have our part three of talking about business yeah. of, of having a heart centered kind of a flowing business. And I'm really enjoying making content that's just there because when people are suffering, I've loved to say, oh my gosh, you can watch this. Um, right. Also a lot of short videos on social media, but it's really nice yeah. to have something that is, um, longer. So those are just some of my offerings. The link will be in the show notes. It's also in the original show notes, uh, from part one, which you should definitely go back and listen to if you haven't listened to. Um, yeah. well, thank you so much for coming on again. I of course would welcome you back anytime and would love to talk about, uh, business and heart centered business and all that good stuff. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to know. Feel free to tag me on Instagram with your biggest takeaway. I am most active on Instagram, but you can also find out more on anourishingplace.com or on TikTok. Many blessings to you all.